0: Welcome to Fizz Horizons, a series of podcasts and other resources bringing you interviews on some of the hottest topics affecting financial institutions economic uncertainty, ESG, geopolitical conflict, regulatory change, and digital transformation. We'll be covering it all. We'll be sharing the details that you need to know in order to stay ahead. Hi there, my name is Deborah Sim and I'm a senior associate in the Hogan Lovell's public law and policy team. I'm joined today by my colleague Andrew Eaton, a counsel in the same team. And today we're going to be talking to you about the interplay between the UK financial services regulatory reform and the government's ongoing initiatives to diverge from EU law post Brexit. Many listeners will be well aware of the various ongoing regulatory reforms in the UK financial services sector, including the Smarter Regulatory Framework, which was announced in the Chancellor's Mansion House speech in 2019 and which has been given effect to in the new Financial Services and Markets Act 2023. What some of you may be less familiar with is that the new Financial Services and Markets Act, which we will call FSMA for the rest of the podcast, was developed alongside another act of parliament, the Retained EU Law Act, which we will be calling the Rule Act or Ruler. Andrew, could you perhaps give our listeners a bit of an overview um, of these two acts and
1: what they do? Absolutely. Hi everyone. So the genesis of both acts can be traced back to Brexit and the UK government's desire to be seen to be taking advantage of Of the UK's post-Brexit freedoms. In a nutshell, both acts seek to provide a framework for managed divergence from the old EU law way of doing things and to ensure that the UK, in the way that it regulates areas that were previously governed by EU law, is fit for the future. So I'll take them in turn. First, FISMA. As many of you know, while the UK was a member of the EU, financial services legislation was to a significant extent developed at an EU level. And that meant that the UK regulations and FCA handbook implemented those binding EU rules. Post-Brexit, the UK is no longer bound by the EU's way of doing things. And so the question is, how should the UK regulate financial services in the future? FISMA provides the answer to this. And it does this in effectively three stages. First, FISMA earmarks all EU-derived financial services law for repeal as soon as possible, and these are all listed in the schedule to the Act. Secondly, FISMA gives the FCA, PRA and certain other regulators broad powers to adopt new rules to take the place of the old EU-derived rules. This is a departure from the usual way in which law is made in this country, as the regulators have been afforded a significant degree of policymaking discretion in how to shape financial services law in the future, something that is usually reserved to Parliament and government making has effectively been pushed down to the regulator level in a financial services context. Now thirdly, in recognition of the considerable policymaking power that the regulators have been given, FISMA also seeks to increase the accountability of those regulators to Parliament, strengthen their relationship with the Treasury, and also enhance stakeholder engagement requirements, including obligations to consult before laws and rules are brought in.
0: Thanks, Andrew. Uh, That's a really, really helpful summary of what FUSMA does. Have the FCA and and PRA given any indication of the likely timeframe for replacing these various bits of EU-derived legislation?
1: Yes. So both the FCA and PRA have said that this will be a piecemeal process, which means that certain bits of EU-derived financial services law will not be repealed until the thing that will replace it is ready to take its place. And this is going to happen sequentially over the course of years. So this is really likely to keep both the FCA and the PRA busy for a number of years. And the EU-derived legislation that currently exists... Will only be replaced gradually over time.
0: Okay, well, that leads us neatly on to, I think, what the Retained EU Law Act is going to be doing in the interim. So perhaps you could give us a bit of an overview
1: about that. Absolutely. So the Rule Act effectively applies wherever EU-derived law remains in place and has not already been replaced by another Act of Parliament like FISMA and this process that will now commence and be ongoing for the years to come. That means that the interaction between the Rule Act and FISMA is is really important for financial services businesses, and we'll come on to that interaction in a second. But broadly just to set out at a high level what the Rule Act does, where this EU-derived law remains in place, the Rule Act abolishes certain legal principles that have been used up until now by the courts to interpret those laws. Even where the EU-derived legislation remains unchanged in a textual sense, the principles used by courts to interpret those laws have changed. So even before FISMA gets to replacing them wholesale, These laws may well be different from next year when the Rule Act properly comes into effect. That, in a nutshell, is what the Rule Act is trying to achieve. But as I say, there's this interaction in a financial services context between the Rule Act and FISMA. Dervla, do you want to explain how this interaction works in a bit more detail?
0: Yeah, sure. So um, as you've already explained, FISMA is going to repeal and replace EU drive financial services with this new smarter domestic regime, but. What I things are going to be interesting is what is going to happen to this EU-derived financial services legislation in this interim period where the FCA and PRA haven't yet repealed and replaced the relevant legislation. The basic answer is that while we're in the transitional period, the retained EU law act, most of which is going to come into force at the start of next year, will dictate how that unrepealed legislation will be interpreted and applied. So all of the things that you've been talking about in relation to Rule Act are going to affect financial services legislation in the same way as as every other piece of legislation that is EU derived. Um, You've already talked a little bit about what that looks like, but just to be a little bit more granular, that's going to mean in particular the abolition or perhaps more accurately the reversal of the principle of supremacy. So where you have EU and UK laws, that's cover the same ground, but which pull in opposite directions, have conflicting interpretations. From the start of 2024, rather than, as has been the case up until now, EU law being supreme, it will be domestic law that will prevail where there is inconsistency. And there will also be a loss of specific principles that are more EU in nature, So EU law takes a more purposive interpretation to laws. It's got a number of baked-in legal principles that we don't necessarily have in quite the same form in the UK, such as the principle of equal treatment. And then there are going to be a lot of hard-edged rights which were called directly effective rights, which come from EU treaties and case law on, on EU directives. And then I think another whole area of divergence that's worth just explaining in a little bit more detail is all of the case law that we've also kept as part of the Brexit process so far. So where you have EU and domestic case law that deals with the interpretation of EU law, and EU derived law, at the moment all of that case law is binding. What the Act is going to do, although still waiting for certain of these provisions to come into force, is it's going to set out a framework that facilitates, or you might even say encourages, divergence within the UK from the old EU approach. And this happens in a couple of ways. The first is that lower courts will be given the power to refer interesting questions of EU law up to the higher courts, a bit like um, references we used to make um, to the CJEU for an answer that will then come back and then can feed into that case. And the higher courts are given mandatory factors to consider to decide whether or not it would be appropriate to depart from previous EU law interpretations. And so it remains to be seen, really, whether um, judicial conservatism will, will sort of win the day or whether courts will feel empowered to start to diverge from EU law interpretations of of these cases.
1: That's a really helpful overview, Devla. How do you think these changes might manifest themselves in a financial services context?
0: Yeah, it's a a really good question, um, because I think the risk is this all seems a bit abstract and theoretical. But yeah, it is the case that clients are coming to us with real hard-edged questions of of legal interpretation that will be directly affected by what's happening under the Retained You Law Act. So to give you an example, um, although I can't get into many details of the specifics we did have a client come to us to ask about two apparently conflicting provisions of uk and eu law in summary really the eu law allowed a reasonable fee to be charged for the provision of a particular type of financial service the comparable uk law which was addressing the provision of the same service said that a fee could not be charged so for now the eu law takes priority over the uk law which means you can charge a reasonable fee. From January, the principle of supremacy will be reversed, meaning that unless the government does something between now and then, which seems unlikely, to adjust the position by you know, retaining or revoking the domestic provisions, then that domestic provision will trump the EU law provision. And that means it would be contrary to the domestic law for that service provider to charge a fee for the provision of that service. So in a very real sense, the law is going to be flipped 180 degrees without there having been any explicit revocation, reform, repeal.
1: We've talked already about the fact that FISMA almost well overlays on top of the Rule Act this other process for replacing wholesale, the financial services elements of EU-derived law. But Obviously, financial services businesses are businesses like any other in some senses. So, outside of a financial services context, is there anything that these businesses should be bearing in mind?
0: Yeah, it's a really fair point. And I think there's a whole raft of what you might call um, financial services adjacent reform that's also on the horizon because all sorts of policy areas that will be relevant to financial services clients are also going to be affected. So, that includes employment law, consumer protection data protection pensions law so many of which are full of eu derived measures and so it, it is very possible that financial services clients will also be impacted by the impact of rule act on those areas of policy too
1: so i guess that follows on to the question you know what should financial service businesses be doing about this during this long period of reform and uncertainty and if i was going to hazard an attempt to an answer to that what we've been telling clients is that they need to be vigilant about the potential regulatory change on multiple fronts over the next year or so. So on the one hand, we're expecting a serious number of consultations and policy papers to be coming out of the FCA and the PRA as they get to grips with this new, smarter regulatory framework agenda that they have now been handed. While at the same time, as as we've been talking about, the, the Rule Act will come into effect from the beginning of the year. And the legal architecture will effectively be changed, uh, and it will need time to bed in and for any bugs or unintended consequences to be spotted and addressed, possibly by further government intervention. And then, one thing we haven't really touched on at all is next year is also an election year. And so, while the government is going about this reform agenda, the political parties will also be devising their manifestos, making policy commitments in terms of what they see the future looking like. And while the Labour Party has indicated that it's broadly on the same page as the government in terms of financial services regulation in the future. There's scope for certain manifesto pledges to be included in those manifestos that might impact on financial services. And so one thing that we often do for clients in election years is help them to look through the, the manifestos and assess from a legal regulatory and policy perspective. you know How deliverable are these policies? Practically, what does it mean in terms of change? And also, you know, what might businesses be doing either to engage in that process of reform or to prepare for the new world that will be created if that reform goes through? And that's something that we often uh, work with clients on.
0: Yeah, I think all of that is super important. And I think if responding to consultations is your thing, Then next year is definitely going to be your year. I think it's also worth saying that, as well as kind of monitoring these more overt, explicit consultations that are coming through from the FCA and PRA, there's going to be a need to monitor what's happening with Rule Act decisions because they may not always come from the source you expect. So, given the cross cutting nature of of the Rule Act, it may well be that as the courts start to make decisions on how to apply EU-derived law from 2024 onwards, that those decisions have an impact on the way that financial services legislation is going to be applied, even if they are decisions made in another sector. So we will certainly be monitoring developments with Rule Act decisions and advising our clients to do the same. And I think it's also worth saying, because this may seem like what we're saying here is there's a lot of divergence, there's a lot of change, there's a lot of risk. There is also a real genuine opportunity for businesses to, I suppose, bring their perspective to the government about how regulation can be reformed and changed in a way that makes the UK a really genuinely great place to do business and a hub of excellence really for financial services. And I think the government, not least because it's so keen to be seen to make a success of Brexit, is really genuinely interested to hear from businesses with concrete suggestions for the process of reforming financial services law. So if there are areas that have been either a bugbear for you or where you see particular opportunities for your business, we would certainly advise you to, of course, respond to consultations, but also to consider whether a direct approach to people within government might be of benefit to your business. And again, a bit like you were saying earlier, that's something that we work with clients to do all the time and can certainly facilitate getting a seat at the table to have those conversations. So I think in summary then, uh, we've talked a little bit about what FSMA and Rule Act do. We've talked about the risks of divergence and what's going to be happening in the interim period while these reforms are ongoing. And we've talked about how this can give you and your businesses potential opportunities to shape your regulatory environment We'd love to hear from any listeners who would like to know more about this or who have any particular issues that relate to anything we've discussed on the podcast. So please do get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Until then, it's been great talking to you, Andrew. And thank you very much to everyone listening. Visit engage.hoganlovells.com for the full Phys Horizons 2024
1: report, more podcasts and other resources.